Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Today's episode titled Incubators and Accelerators in Your Classroom. This is like the idea of Silicon Valley, if you will. They have these innovation incubators and accelerators where there are space in place for minds to sort of come together, try to launch a new product idea, whatever, kind of bare bones style, at least to get action started. And as a person who likes to challenge myself to try to continually change, push myself to add something to my classroom. I like this notion of incubators and accelerators of innovation. And again, not that the product needs to be in its finished state, like quite the contrary, it needs to be good enough to sort of warrant further exploration, further investment, and kind of to round it out to a full product. And I think about our classrooms and our classrooms can be a great space and place to try things. Uh, and for years now, I've always thought of this time of year. I don't know when you're catching this podcast. If you're catching it when I'm releasing it, that is towards the end of the school year. We have about a quarter left of the year, not even. And I have always viewed this time in my classroom as the incubation space, the accelerator of my classroom. And I think about uh, this idea of planting in the spring so that we can harvest in the fall. This is a great space and place to plant new ideas, try new things. One, because you know the students better than you would know them at any other point in the year, and your students know and trust you so that this is a space and place where you could try, you could shake up the things, uh, and, and your students will go with you. So cut ties a little bit, cut that tether that you have to the dock, to the pillar content that you have, you know, kind of built this structure in which students have come accustomed to. That's a good thing. Don't want to knock that. But at the same time, this is a spot in which you could try new things and they will, you know how much they can handle and challenge yourself to try, try the new thing for a moment, right? I think so often we as teachers build, we're so good at building systems uh, because it's easier for students to sort of go through systems and it's easier for us to manage systems. And that is a great thing. But some, when I think about my most effective systems and my most effective experiences for students, they have actually come out of this innovation incubation time of year in which I tried some things and it wasn't perfect, but I tried it and my kids could handle the imperfection, if you will, a little bit. And then that became something I could work on over summer and then try actually fully implementing it in the fall, right? If, if it got out of that incubation stage well enough. Uh, so this planting in the spring so that we can harvest in the fall, we could try it again in the fall and then trying it throughout the next year rounds it off, smooths it out even more. And you hit another incubation space, which you could try a whole nother activity, a whole nother idea. And this is really the point of this podcast. I kind of want to point out to teachers that in my experience, this is a critical piece 
of the cyclical nature of schooling. This is the moment we change the seed, the soil, and the sunshine in our classrooms. This is where we really roll up our sleeves and and do, I think, the most impactful work for us professionally is right here, right now. And I don't, and I know it's a, it's a time in which we could also be the most tired and we could just kind of, I don't want to use the word coast. I, I like all the teachers I know work diligently all the way up to the end, but like you're Ooh, your extra tanks to try something new is pretty low at this point. But it is actually like the most important time, if you will, because to me, summer, you're designing in a vacuum. You don't have enough data. Like I, I am a big fan of the iterative process. So putting something into market, into our classrooms, so that you can make those micro changes is faster and be- and ends up being better overall design. So designing in a vacuum in summer, not as great until you've had some put it into market a little bit. And then beginning of the year, you tend to be so focused on beginning of the year and setting up your systems, the systems you're most familiar with. And then all of a sudden mid-year, maybe you change a little thing, but you've got your system. So you're kind of locked in. And sadly, the growth, the change that comes personal change, the, the the kind of change that comes from within you, not not district push and district initiative, but the things you want to try, the things that you think uniquely fit your teaching style, your passion, your ideas fall by the wayside because you're mid-year and you're like, well, the systems are and my students, I want to continue this system. And then we get in this cycle where very little growth happens over time. And I think about if I was to extend this metaphor a little bit about farming and planting, Right. Crop rotation is healthy. It's healthy for the soil, right? And if we're just kind of doing the same things over and over, polishing up a little bit, reading a book here and implementing something, we're not changing that soil enough and it becomes stale. And then when it's stale for you, your delivery of it is a little flat because you already know what's going to happen. It is sort of the curse of the intellect, right? The more you know, the more it's obvious to you, then the more it's obvious to you, it affects your delivery. And so challenging yourself to rotate those crops a little bit, try new things in this incubation space, makes summer design better and different. You can tend to that new crop. You can try little things. You can make adjustments from what you've actually already put in place in this fourth quarter. And then you can try to sort of harvest an entire new crop, an entire new yield next year as you implement that with greater fidelity and, and greater tweaks and tweaks along the way, again, with an iterative, iterative process. This, over time, when we look at you as a teacher, you're going to, much like a farmer, every year have these cyclical processes. And if you can get in the habit of making fourth quarter this sort of process where you try something new, this incubator and accelerator phase, what you end up producing yield-wise, change-wise, over the course of, I don't even want to say your career, but just the next five years to 10 years is enormous compared to the ones that don't use this space, that doesn't capture this space. And I'm not saying they don't grow, but they grow on a much more linear progression in which over the course of time, there will be slight variations and change. 
And again, I'm only speaking to personal change in the classroom, not district initiative. All of our careers are going to change over the course of our time in the classroom because of major movements outside of our classrooms that are pushed upon us. But the greatest change is the change you make for yourself, the ones that you are in full ownership of. So think about the changes you want in your classroom. Think about something that you've read, and it doesn't have to be (laughs) by any means the work of myself or John Meehan. We would love it if you look at engagement and think about unlocking engagement and challenging yourself to try and maybe more and more activities, maybe upping the activity difficulty level, like some of our activities are, really easy entry. You can do it for a day. It's light. It's easy. And then there's ones that are more systemic changes to your classroom, like the fully gamified classroom, for example, takes a ton of work and a ton of time and a ton of intentionality. And while that might sound scary at this moment in this podcast, I challenge you to remember you're going to be doing this teaching for years. So invest in your practice, invest in these things, try these things, because it might produce the greatest change for you, the greatest yield for you. And the greatest yield for you, mind you, means greater yield for your students, right? A a healthier crop, if you will, of students. So I just love this time. It is seriously one of my favorite times. And I love that I view this time of year this way because it reinvigorates me at a time in which, I, like I said, can also be one of the tougher times to teach. And instead of viewing it as this tough time, it's this time that I get to try different things, put them in place. And some of them don't make it out of the incubation space. Like I'm not saying that everything I've ever implemented in this time ended up being the right decision, but sometimes by saying or doing the wrong thing, you can arrive at the right thing, right? By understanding, right, what doesn't work, you can better understand what does work. It helps shape your vision. It helps shape your view. And the clearer that view and vision become, the the better sort of experience for your students. So on this podcast, wrapping up today's incubation space. I want you to challenge yourself to use this time to try something new in your classroom. Set a goal, try a new thing, read a book, implement some of those things, but implement them. This doesn't mean put it off to summer and say, that's interesting. I will do more of gamification later. I will do more of project-based later. No. The whole point here is to actually put into place something and actually use it now in this space and place, even if it's not finished. Even if you are in your infancy, it is about sort of this cascading domino effect. Push that first domino over, even in its imperfection, because it will click into the next domino and that next domino will force the next domino. And eventually you have massive positive change in your classroom. So attack that first domino, focus your energies on trying something new. I would love to hear what you've decided for your classroom. If you want to use the hashtag wellplayedpodcast, I would love to hear. If you want to tag me at Mr. Matera, please join in the conversation. Have a bit of accountability. It's amazing. Write down your goal. Put it out there on Twitter at Mr. Matera, hashtag wellplayedpodcast, and share with me what you're going to try to implement here in, in a little bit. If it's one of our EMC2 resources, Please put the title there. Say, I'm gonna, you know, I've always wanted to try one of these. I'm going to do one of these. All right. And then put it into 
practice. As always, everyone, I am so honored that you join uh, the Well Played community and listen each and every week. Uh, as always, share this with other members. Get other people trying to come here at this space and place to get some ideas, to get some inspiration, and to join in this community. John Meehan and I would love it if you checked out emc2learning.com. It is, like I said, a great community filled with wonderful resources, but best resource of all is the community itself. And if you're part of that community, thank you so much for supporting our work and supporting kind of this movement about how engagement unlocks the results, right? Engagement is actually the cornerstone. People have to want to be where they're at and be inspired and encouraged to sort of reach beyond. And that's all I got for you today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Enjoy and play on.